Good day. You're listening to Free City Radio. I'm your host, Stefan Kristoff. This is the 154th edition of the program. Thanks for tuning in. On the broadcast today, we are going to be looking at the North Atlantic right whale. This is a whale population that is in threat right now of extinction. The Mi'kmaq Indigenous people have a long traditional relationship with this whale that has been facing increasing threats due to commercial boat traffic, pollution, climate change, and development. There was a video created to share a Mi'kmaq perspective about the right whale that was screened in Montreal at Concordia University this past fall. I wanted to feature the storytelling and information that was shared in this video about the right whale. This is a very important example of an Indigenous perspective on conservation and how that translates to the threat of uh, extinction that a very important marine species, the right whale, is facing today. Often when we think about or hear about conservation, we often hear the perspectives of governments, international institutions. This is important because we hear the perspective uh, through the voice of a Mi'kmaq um, media creator who's named Brian Isaac and who has worked at Concordia University with the Office of Sustainability at that university in Montreal. We hear his perspective on the right whale and also conservation. As we've um, moved deeper into the contemporary ecological crisis, has been made very clear in many contexts that Indigenous communities really have a, a great deal of long-term intergenerational practices of sustainability, both in regards to the waters, oceans and seas, but also the land. And this is an interesting opportunity to, I think, share an Indigenous perspective on the ecological crisis as it affects the right whale. I will feature the audio of a video project that is called Do Right by the Right Whale that was uh, created by the Office of Sustainability at Concordia University, uh, speaking of course about a whale population on the east coast of what is called Canada, also the northeast um, of the United States. And we will hear uh, that video in a moment. But first I spoke to a social justice and climate justice activist who's working right now at Concordia um, with the Office of Sustainability, Christian Favreau, uh, who speaks a bit and gives some context about this project on the right whale and the, the ecological threats that this whale population is facing and why they worked on uh, an awareness raising video about this. Here's my conversation with Christian. So I guess just first, um, when we think about climate justice in a campus context, one of the first um, sort of obvious steps that people would think about in, in regards to sustainability is like what are practices on campus that an administration is doing or not doing in regards to like what's going down in terms of waste management, in terms of curriculum, in terms of like systemic understandings of 
uh, climate injustice, but very much on campus. You're working with the Office of Sustainability and you've tried to spotlight a very particular perspective on um, destruction of the, the oceans and how it affects whales, uh, particularly from a Mi'kmaq perspective. Mm-hmm. So just in terms of like trying to understand where you're coming from and like why was why is something like this a priority for uh, for your office and also just explain a bit what we're going to hear so maybe explain what we're going to hear and why was it a priority and that could be cool yeah it's like you said I mean we have a hand in facilities management that all that all that physical stuff that you think of when you think of sustainability Mm -hmm. and we often do um, the um, ignore the social side of it um, and that's that's something that our office is, is really trying to to not do because it often is done um, but we yeah part of we made a um, anti-oppression kind of micro plan for our office tangible things that we could do and part of that was we have the budget to hire um, uh, a social justice and indigenization intern for the summer, part of a work-study program. So we hired uh, Brian Isaac, who you'll hear uh, narrates and did all the research for the the video, Do Right by the Right Whale. Um, and it was essentially that. Brian is Mi'kmaq. Um, he came and had all this knowledge of the whale from a Mi'kmaq perspective, mm-hmm. as well as from a conservation uh, perspective there are some he, he had quite an extensive list of resources of what's being done um, by researchers um, but it was a priority for us because it was a priority for Brian uh, we didn't know much about the right whale um, I run the the office's social media um, so we decided yeah absolutely we have content um that we want to post during the summer when it's a bit lighter we don't have events going on so let's do some educational pieces uh, about something that's really important to uh, a staff member who is a temporary staff member but uh, hugely important Um, Brian also did a lot of case studies and a lot of research but yeah everything in the video is is word basically word for word um, written by Brian and then and then narrated Okay, so when we talk about Mi'kmaq, when we talk about the right whale, mm-hmm. can you just geographically locate where we're talking about? Right. Um, well, specifically, Brian is Lustiguj, um, so that so that was the re- that was actually the reason we wanted to. Well, I mean, we we wanted to show the video at mm-hmm. the screening um, because we made it, and it, not that many people have seen it, but. It had that connection. Brian is actually um, Jeff Barnaby's nephew. Okay. So and um, the screening is the film Blood Quantum. Yeah. That you showed. Uh, there was a screening of Jeff Barnaby's work called Blood Quantum, mm-hmm. uh, a focus on Indigenous filmmaking and cinema that was hosted by uh, the Office of Sustainability at Concordia University in Montreal. Yeah. So we we had that connection. Uh, Brian is uh, Lustigush, as is Jeff Barnaby. Um, and so, yeah, that, that was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Got it, got it. Um, thanks so much for uh, breaking that down. Um, so just last point. So often 
grassroots campaigning is supporting, you know, different efforts by indigenous communities, non-indigenous communities to challenge the effects of, um, you know, corporate action or state action that is having a consequence in terms of ecological destruction. Uh, these are often like uh, places also that are distant from a city, not always, but often. Uh, so we're talking about uh, a Concordia institution supporting this effort to try to raise uh, awareness about the right whale uh, and a Mi'kmaq perspective on that. Uh, but you mentioned at the beginning that you're also doing very local work. And I think that's, and, and within an institution, that is complicated, right? Like, and, you know, you're, this is a big institution. There's a big change. There's a big focus on people wanting to talk about sustainability. But then there's a translation of how does that actually happen, right? So um, just just quickly, like, that sort of very localized, tangible work I mean, it seems can be sort of given depth by understanding how that's happening within a broader situation that includes all these land and sea struggles mm -hmm. uh, around territories and oceans and seas that of indigenous people. Something an institution can do is fund projects and really let um, those project leaders that are from diverse backgrounds mm -hmm. do their thing. And that's, that's what we want to do with the Right Whale um, video, is that I wasn't there to micromanage or tell Brian, this will work better. This was, his, this was basically his project. I just kind of created the visuals and put it together. Um, but yeah, so I think, I think the university, like they're doing, they're putting quite a few, um, quite a lot of financial backing to shift Concordia. Uh, which funds lots of local uh, projects for social transformation. Um, so I think things like that is, is something that t tangible that the, universi the universities can do that will reverberate farther and farther away in terms of sustainability, in terms of social justice and transformation. Um, but yeah, it's hard. Um, we're individuals in a massive system. Um, raising awareness is good, but it's not enough. So I think um, the university needs to keep pushing uh, the realm of what we think is possible, that the Overton window, and that only happens if people within the university and outside of it push it as well. Um, and the university doesn't always like that, but uh, we are actually doing these little communities a service because they are that much closer to meeting the moment to showing us what uh, democracy can look like what sustainability with all of the vague meaning it has um, can be that was Christian Favreau who works with the Office of Sustainability at Concordia University speaking about their project called Do Right by the Right Whale this is a storytelling and also informational uh, video film project that uh, Mi'kmaq media maker Brian Isaac created and he was sounding the alarm about the ecological crisis and how it affects the right whale from a Mi'kmaq indigenous perspective. We will hear uh, Brian narrate uh, this issue from a video that was created to raise awareness about this. I should also note that the Mi'kmaq have long 
um, campaigned for both water and land rights in the context of Canada and have long been in open confrontation with the ways that the Canadian state has undercut their rights to water and the land. Um, and I think it's important when we um, listen to the Mi'kmaq perspective shared here by Brian Isaac, who worked on this project, to think about the context of the broader um, Mi'kmaq questioning, action, campaigning, um, and intergenerational struggle against the Canadian state in the context of their own um, uh, push for Indigenous land and water rights. The Mi'kmaq are one of many communities of Indigenous people in Canada who continue to question the fundamental legitimacy that is claimed by the Canadian Crown, the Canadian state, over their land and waters. Um, the Mi'kmaq have a question through action at many points, um, pushing forward uh, Indigenous sovereignty and really questioning the essence of colonial control in the Canadian context of Canada, taking action to call for full land and water rights. Um, this issue is very important uh, and the Mi'kmaq's uh, campaigning because it will become more and more prominent in the upcoming years and decades um, as more um, mobilization within Mi'kmaq communities but across Indigenous communities and nations uh, continues to uh, build. This has been happening over recent years and will continue to happen. And also thinking about this in the context of climate justice, in the context of uh, environmental crises, uh, the crises that face many uh, species, uh, as we'll hear about the right whale, um, listening and uh, thinking about how Indigenous communities are working to address uh, these points of ecological crisis are very important. So here is the narration from this uh, media project called Do Right by the Right Whale by Mi'kmaq um, media maker Brian Isaac. Since time immemorial, the Mi'kmaq people have maintained a symbiotic relationship with the natural world around them. This symbiotic relationship predicates itself upon a socio-political covenant between maintaining order and balance with the territory and its inhabitants. From what is known as Halifax and the Gatsby Coast, this symbiotic relationship predicates the Mi'kmaq relationship with the nations that inhabit the waters surrounding the Mi'kmaq territory. In recent history, the relationship between the Mi'kmaq and the whales of these waters has undergone a dramatic shift. Interactions between whales and the modern world have brought the number of North American right whales to record lows. This extinction event violates the sacred relationship between the Mi'kmaq, the waterways, and the various nations that inhabit those waters. Many Mi'kmaq legends speak of a heroic figure known as Gluskap. Gluskap is a symbolic protector, teacher, and helper to the Mi'kmaq people. Gluskap spent his time with the Mi'kmaq when they were a young nation, and the world was just new. How Gluskap Found Summer this story finds our hero Gluskap traveling to the Northern Territories to meet with Winter, who has been freezing the Mi'kmaq people. Desperate to find Summer again, the Mi'kmaq seek Gluskap's help to speak with Winter and bring back Summer. Gluskap travels with a whale to and from the north and is instructed to keep his eyes closed as she will be grounded or beached and die. 
The tale proposes a relationship of minimal contact to preserve the whale's right to their free access to the waterways. The story of Glooskap and the story of the Bay of Fundy Tides. This tale tells the story of how the large tides in the Bay of Fundy came to be. One day, Glooskap wanted to take a bath in the bay. However, he found the lakes and rivers to be too shallow. People and animals were much larger during this time. Glooskap sought the help of a beaver to make a dam in the Bay of Fundy so that it would be deep enough for a bath. This disrupted the whale's home, which had been living in the bay. Therefore, Glooskap destroyed the dam to appease the whale and created the large tides we know of today. This story also leaves us with an understanding that, for there to be harmony in the waterways, the whales need free access to their territory. Between 2003 and 2018, 70 North American right whales were killed in the North Atlantic Ocean. Less than 400 are left. Modern whaling can trace its roots back to Basque fishermen of the 11th century. By the 15th century, the European population of the right whale had been hunted to near extinction, leading the Basque fishing expeditions to follow other European explorers across the North Atlantic, thus beginning the North American whaling industry. Whaling persisted until the 20th century when the population once again dwindled to near extinction. In the last century, measures have been taken to protect the whales. However, despite the population growth of the North American right whale in the early 21st century, the North American right whale has suffered devastating losses in the 2010s. The loss of these whales is often the direct or indirect result of human activity such as commercial fishing, line entanglements and ghost gear, vessel strikes and climate change. As of 2018, there remain an estimated 392 and 400. About 90 of them are female. At the current rate, the North American right whale will be extinct in a few decades. According to whaleweek.org, the death of these whales is the direct result of human activities such as line entanglements with fishing gear and ghost gear that is lost at sea, as well as vessel strikes. Since 2010, the North American right whale population has decreased by 99.9%. In 2017, the North American right whale population suffered a significant loss of 12 whales. What is being done about the plight of the whale? To start, the Canadian government implemented regulations for fishing and shipping practices. Beginning in 2019, Transport Canada has implemented vessel traffic management measures that include but are not limited to Right whale sightings in designated shipping zones will trigger a mandatory shutdown of traffic in the zone for 15 days. Mandatory speed restrictions for vessels over 13 meters to 10 knots travel in the western Gulf of St. Lawrence. In addition to speed and travel regulations in the waterways, there are also future plans to begin implementing alternative fishing technologies to mitigate the whale entanglements and the presence of ghost gear. Starting in 2020, Transport Canada began working with the fishing and shipping industries to seek solutions for whale interactions. Many innovative approaches to addressing these areas of gear. Some fisheries management plans include 
gear marking requirements for all non-tended fixed gear fisheries. This will help distinguish between Canadian and U.S. entanglements. However, managing the waterways and fishing grounds can be a massive conservation undertaking. To this end, regional organizations help manage and mitigate the damage done to the North American right whale in the Canadian waterways. The Campobello Whale Rescue Team is one such organization that is operating out of Welsh Pool, New Brunswick on the Bay of Fundy. The organization is made up of fisher people, biologists and specialists. The Campobello Whale Rescue Team does not just work alone, but is part of a larger network. After decades of North American right whale population decline, the Atlantic Large Whale Disentanglement Network has been trying to answer this call to action. But the root of the problem is systemic. While the work of disentangling whales is essential, an entanglement event can be so traumatizing that female whales are also less likely to successfully produce a calf for years after the experience. This reality has serious ramifications on the North American right whale population. That was Mi'kmaq media creator Brian Isaac uh, reading from a project called Do Right by the Right Whale. And I think this is a really interesting um, project that points to the ways that a lot of Indigenous youth activists are creating materials uh, that speak to Indigenous perspectives on sustainability, but also the broader ecological crisis that faces the water and lands within many Indigenous communities, but also across the board. So thank you to Brian Isaac for sharing your audio from the project Do Right by the Right Whale and to Christian Favreau of the Office of Sustainability at Concordia University. This has been another edition of Free City Radio, which airs on CKUT 90.3 FM on Wednesdays at 11 a.m. on CGLO 1690 a.m. Also in Geogeague, Montreal on Tuesdays at 1 p.m. on CKUW 95.9 FM in Winnipeg at 8 a.m. on Tuesdays, CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, Ontario at 11.30 a.m. on Wednesdays, and on CFUV 101.9 FM in Victoria, B.C. on Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Free City Radio is also a podcast that you can hear through Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Check it out. Our archives are at soundcloud.com slash freecityradio. Thanks for tuning in. To end the program today, I'll go to some music from my brother, Jordan Kristoff, and we will be back next week. Thank you so much for tuning in.